Are you, are you there, Lucas? Do I have a Lucas? You do have a Lucas. Hello. Oh, excellent. Oh God. Um. Oh, I've just realised, like, I because I've not like done the podcast in so long. Like, how the fuck did I set up my screen to get everything I need on there? Like, you know, get the chat on, get you on, get so I can actually see and make sure the audio is still recording. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, I, I can't remember how I did it. Magic call. I'm like, I'm honestly struggling to figure out how the fuck I did this. Like, I, need, I, I can't even get chat on screen. A hope and a prayer. I, I think that's how most of our, like, content works. It's like, <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing, but, like, you know, we figured it, like, someone's out there is enjoying it. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm alive. I guess so. I think I am. I hope I am. If I'm not, um, and, well, fuck me. I, I suppose. So. That's the thing. I'm, I'm so bad at it. I'm so rusty because I've had, like, you mm. know, not a week off, but I've just been... So like eclectic in um, uh, the times I've gone live, but how are you doing, Monfrey? Uh, yeah, doing well. Yeah, and uh, like as you alluded to, like we didn't podcast last week just because last week when we normally record, we were I making... was on the way to come to the office to see you and record other things. Yeah, that was like the first time we recorded in person in eighteen months for myself and you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Nisha recorded together like once or twice during the pandemic. Like she came home, she wore a mask. Mm-hmm. People, people really didn't like that. For some reason, strangers living their life really pissed off some like elements of the internet, and you know that should just be. They should just write that when you sign up to the internet. Do when you get like Virgin or whatever, when you get when you get your internet provider, they should just send you a notice to say you are going to piss off, um, no doubt men, okay. um, uh, by doing something that you see as innocuous. Are you prepared for this? Mm-hmm. And that innocuous thing can be as simple as um, wearing a mask to safeguard yourself from a pandemic. Or even just tweeting out that you like something. Oh, yeah. Would you ever like, see that? It was a, that simple. There's been so many stories of that, and it's always weird men yelling at a woman. Mm-hmm. And the one, that sticks out, the one that sticks out in mind for me is like a girl who um, was watching the um, Star Wars for the first time. Because mm-hmm. it's weird as it's going to sound, there are people out there who've never seen Star Wars. Like, it's been around like, you know, in, in pop culture for 40 years. A lot of people just haven't watched it. And she just one day started tweeting about, oh, I'm watching Star Wars. Um, never seen it before. It's pretty good. I'm going to live tweet myself just going through the trilogy. Oh. All, the, the, all three trilogies over the course of a weekend. And because she ended up liking the new trilogy the most, because it's the newer one and it has better action. Like, it's, they're better made from like, a technical standpoint. You can yeah. argue about like the quality of the writing, but like, no, they're better films. From, they're, like, be- you know, be- like, they're produced better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I can imagine that just being a shit storm. It was for her, yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor, poor, poor lady. I think you told me once about was it a, a um, games reviewer or she's like an internet personality? It was yeah, I'm not going to tweet out about my favorite games of the year because weird men always yell at me, and then oh, weird yeah. men yelled at her saying, "No, we don't." <laughs> <laughs> you proved my point without me even needing to tweet what the games are. Yeah, but for the people watching uh, my stream live, um, thank you for tuning in, like, first of all. And uh, someone's yeah. asked, why is Zagreus from Hades in the corner? And that's because I'm going to be streaming Hades. Um, not directly after this podcast um, has finished recording, yeah. but like, you know, I'm going to take a 10, 15-minute break and stream some Hades because I adore that game. It's made it onto Game Pass. I'm just excited <laughs> to play it again. Um, because yeah. me and you, were like, we try to do this thing called Synergy. We're, do- we're trying, we're trying. Yeah, because we work, we often work together, but we also work separately. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is something that's one of those. Things, it happens on the internet a lot, and it always there's always people read into it more than they probably should. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to clarify right now? We are still friends, yes. 
Oh, are we? Oh, we're still we friends. We broke up, Carl. We're still making content together. <laughs> it's just that we're now making content separately as well, and we're going to each be leaning into that. Yeah, because like I'm very conscious of the fact that, say, for example, Carl can't stream one weekend because he's going away or something. Yes. And every single stream I've done for like ever is like got Carl in it. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, like people are going to be like, "Where the fuck's Carl?" So. Yeah, you need to do that thing where it's not just that we're building a brand together, we're building our own separate brands as well, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, and um, obviously you don't want to be tethered to me and vice versa. Like, you don't want, let's say, if you want to make a video or you want to record some content, or just stream a game. Yeah. You don't want yeah. to have to be like, oh, Carl has to be there. And by the same mm. token, like the stuff that I want to do that you obviously, well, not obviously, but you might not want to be involved with as well, you might, you might be busy, you're going to tell yourself, well, that's, so it happens so often in regards to like internet personalities where any deviation from the norm, people automatically assume the worst. It's like, oh my God, like why aren't they streaming together? Have they, do they hate each other now? Have they fallen out? Mm-hmm. Like, no, we live our lives. And it reminds me a little bit of um, the Chuckle Brothers. Like, you know, rip in peace um, uh, to Barry Chuckle. But for Americans who don't know, the Chuckle Brothers were a pair of children's entertainers, like staples of British pop culture. Like uh, I think the term national treasure refers to the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> Just in general, that's it. And as you might imagine, them being brothers and their whole stage persona being that they're brothers, um, people just assume that they always hung out together. They did. Um, they like, very famously um, like, you know, spent almost all of their time together because you know, they're brothers, they've worked together all this time. But mm-hmm. there was a story a couple of years ago where like, it was framed as them having an argument and like you know, being too, and just being like divas where they were booked for an event and complained that they didn't have a hotel room each. And it was them, like, oh, are the Chuckle Brothers breaking up? They don't want, they want a separate no, room they're each. they're human adults that want a separate fucking room. Like, but like, I think it was um, Paul Chuckle who summed it up best when he was asked about it. He went, uh, I don't think there's anyone out there who find it weird that two 60-year-old men want to stay in separate bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the news, like, are the Chuckle Brothers arguing? Like, they're yeah. demanding separate rooms. Like, no, they just don't want to stop in the same room as each other because they're, like, 60, or they were at the time. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I would find it, you know, similarly weird. I know we're not brothers, but, like, if you and I... Yes. Say someone wanted us to go to an event, mm-hmm. it's like, right, we've booked you one bedroom. It's like, what? No. Like, please don't do that. Like, I'm mates with Carl, but it's a bit weird when you're, like, no, I'm going to book you in like a nice double bedroom. Like, you know, but I just thought that was. Get some candles on the pillows for it's like, no. I just thought that was like a good way of encapsulating them. Like, because people in their head assume that, well, they must spend all their time together. Mm-hmm. The news of them wanting to have separate hotels, well, they must not be friends anymore. They must not, <laughs> you know, but it's like, no, they just want to stay. Like, they don't spend every waking moment together. Oh, and yeah, like, um, that, that, you know. I guess segues a little bit into what I'm doing, which is okay. After your stream in Hades, I'm going to be streaming Destiny too, because like the new season's out and stuff. And I think that's a perfect example of like we tried doing a bit of a a Destiny two stream together, and like you know you you've got nothing against the game; it's just not for you kind of thing. And I really want to stream that, but I don't want to be in a situation where I can never stream Destiny because like. Carl's like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not that big a fan of it. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to like, just get that out of the way first because it's going to happen. It is going to happen. 
it really is it's like um on the channel we constantly get comments of um where's brad and it's like he edited the video you commented on mm-hmm. <laughs> i've had that before oh where's it's like he edited the video that you are commenting on right <laughs> fucking now. Like, how do you not watch the videos you evidently are a fan of them but not enough to pay attention to who helped make them. Yeah. Not enough to just read that fact bar below. It just says that, like, yeah, Brad literally edited this. Mm-hmm. And I know it doesn't say Brad literally edited this. You might as yeah. well. You might have to start telling <laughs> you him. Just start adding that shit to each one. It's like, I edited it. I'm right here. Uh, hello. But, uh, yeah, like, how's your week been, Carl? My uh, week's been, well, uh, not really done out. I got back from that you know weekend we spent together, you know, in that hotel we shared, and um, <laughs> we did we did spend the weekend together with other people as well. It was just a big group. We had a big cuddle puddle with a bunch of our friends. We did, and uh, I just got back and I've been recovering. I like, tried to like catch up with everything because I drank so much beer that weekend. So I've been like just going to the gym and trying to just you know undo some of the damage I did to my internal organs with all that alcohol and pizza. And yeah. then my girlfriend's coming back from America on Saturday, so I also need to like, get the house sorted for her. Oh, I thought you'd just be like, I need to get fit for it. I need to get fit and ready. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. But yeah, i am um, just been doing all that and then at the office. Yeah. Yeah. Working, fair. making content. That's, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? When I'm like, well, I last spoke to Carl three days ago. It's like, you well, you last spoke to me on? about an hour and a half ago, to be fair. Yeah, literally. We were recording some Final Fantasy. Like, you last spoke to me about an hour and a half ago. So it's like, there's not really much we can say to catch up. But... Have you been up to anything this um, week, Mon Frere? Or is there anything that you particularly like to talk about? Today, I did go to make adjustments to, like, you know, my vision. I went for an eye test. Oh, did you? I'm going to... Yeah, because I haven't been for, like, a few years. And especially with the amount of, like, screen time I have, like, it's not not great for your eyes and stuff. So just when, like, my prescriptions, like, need needs to be updated so i'm gonna have like fresh eyes again from next week well my eyes won't be fresh but you're gonna feel like new stuff i'll be able to see the tv fully again carl all right you've paid all that money for a hd tv but your eyes but your eyes don't see in hd last thing is like my eyes can't keep up with 4k right now i need to (laughs) get all of those all of those pixels in my face i hope i'm remembering this correctly but isn't it like impossible to get anything like better than 4K? Because haven't like people making the TV said like the only way you can even appreciate 4K is if you've got a 90 inch screen or you sit 30 centimeters away from it. Yeah, and like we're about, like, the, still we're at the limit of techno- like basically we're at the limit of TV technology of how good um, the quality can be. Well, we're not because like 8K TVs are coming out, but we're at I think we're at the limit where like. We are the limit of necessity of TV technology. Of what the human eye like, can even can like comprehend. What what re- resolution a TV realistically needs to be? Because yeah, when you're sitting what like six to ten foot away, say on your sofa, maybe further, yeah. maybe hopefully not closer than six feet. That's a bit much. But like, um, yeah, when you're that far away from a TV, like as you say, it needs to be a ridiculous size at like 4K or 8K for you to be able to tell the difference. To even notice, yeah. And I, I love the idea that we've, we've, that's it. We're done. But then it's How, like they have to do other things. Well, they're going to, yeah. They, they need to find a way to like make you buy the next one. I mean, I'm a big fan of the idea of like, I don't know if you've seen this, but 
concepts of you know just all of like the foldable screens and that's, the idea. That's, whenever I see that, I always think that looks awesome. That's never happening. But because the one the, that the, I the like, prototypes. Yeah, and I, I, I think it's going to be a while before like any of this realistically could become consumer tech. Uh, but like the idea was like, oh look, we've got a big sheet of like thin paper like glass yeah. that we just rolled up. And then you can just like stick it to your wall and it's a big ass TV. It's like, that sounds awesome. But then how long is it going to be that A, we can develop that, B, for a reasonable price, and C, get your fucking like Xbox hooked up to it? Or yeah, and then as well, whatever. at what point are we going to be able to like sell that for commercial use? At yeah, what point yeah. is it going to be like um, economically viable to sell that to random people? Mm-hmm. And that's it's going to be question. a while. Yeah, it's going to be a very long time. And there's, there's always like huge leaps in technology that people are like, oh, this is the future. It's like, well, that's mm. the future in 20 years. Like you got to yeah, it's like, like, remember when carbon nanotubes were a huge thing? And everyone's like, these are going to change the world. And when's the last time you had ever heard anyone talk about like carbon nanotubes? <laughs> so when you see um, all like the weird cars, isn't it? Like, a sort oh, of yeah, like concept cars. Like, this is what cars are going to look like in the future. And then you look and like, what do modern cars look like? They still look like cars. They just look slightly smoother. Yeah, and I saw one. I think it was like a Mercedes where it's like, this car can crawl sideways and it's got like crazy gyrating tires with like LEDs coming out of them that can glow and expand and stuff. And then they can turn sideways and crawl your car. And I'm like, okay, people get pissed off that they have to replace like a regular hundred pound tire. Yeah. Imagine like the money you're spending on a car like that and then getting told that, yeah, well, these are like custom Mercedes tires that we only start, like that we've only well, been that's the future they want. They want yeah. you to be stuck in their ecosystem. But um, I think the cl- the probably the coolest concept I've known for a car is from the film iRobot. And do you know what? They have all the Audis in that. Like They have those wheels where the round wheels where they can go sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, because they asked Audi, what do you think cars going to look like in 2030? So when they like agreed to sponsor the film, one of the things that they asked them to do is, we want you to get your best like prototype engineers and ask them to imagine what they think cars will look like in the time the movie's set. And that was their theory. And I really like the cars in that movie, to be fair. They look super cool, and they have like the round mm. wheels that can go any direction. Yeah. So they don't spin out. So they basically have like four wheel drive, but they have like omnidirectional movement. It's like and realistically, though, Carl, you don't need that when you could just have the men in black car and just oh. go up the back, like upside down in See, the tunnel. Like, that's cool, but it's not realistic. And one it's of the things I like about sci fi is that sci fi. Like some early sci-fi has actually had the technology it puts forward, the stuff we're going to discover in hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's outpaced by the shit I've got on my phone. Like my iPhone is better than the shit they have in Star Trek. <laughs> like the stuff they have in Star Trek to communicate is worse than my iPhone, or it's less ergonomically designed, and that's set like 400 years in the future. Yeah, and then you get it where like um, even not necessarily like that much into the future, where you get the moment of um, is it Back to the Future Two, where they go to the future. And he's got the hoverboard, and everyone's and super like, salty. Oh, we've not well, got we never got self-lacing shoes, and we never got a hoverboard. It's like, we've we got did iPhones. get a personal computer that's linked to the internet that can give you any information like you would ever need to know or right. any time. Which I would argue is a more impressive feat of technological advancement that they've shrunk down computers, which used to take up entire rooms and cost tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they're now a consumer-grade device that you can buy. Yeah, and imagine like the world where all of the R and D 
that went into like mobile phone technology instead went into skateboards were the same they went into hoverboards and self-lacing shoes yeah it's like i think i know which world i want to live in yeah and which one's the one like, with no. hoverboards carl <laughs> the self the self-signing shoes thing they're a thing yeah because Nike was it nike nike that made they like, made a big some. push to like make sure that by that year we had they the make... self-lacing shoes yeah and i think they did do like the back to the future tie-in like Reeboks or something, they were like classic high tops and they saw like 40 of them. It's like great. But they didn't look exactly like the ones in the movie, so what's the fucking point? Yeah, they do all the time. Yeah. So when Space Jam came out, like, do you know that new Space Jam movie? And they released like, yeah. oh yeah, they redesigned the fucking Toon Squad jersey. And we've seen how fucking yep. shit that looks. Yep. And like, you know, the old Toon Squad one, just white jersey with the big thing in the middle, Toon Squad. It looks the new so one, much better. The new one just like all bright and colourful. Oh, it looks so shit. And even as somebody that really likes bright and colourful stuff, that design looks bad. No, it's just a bad design. Yeah. Joe, it's always a good design though, the redesign Lola button. Eh? Speaking of like Joe Weird Internet Men, did you see that? No. Oh, okay, this is gonna be a good one. So just right now, um you've got your computer funny, have you? Yeah. I do, do, you, yeah. do you just remember what Lola Bunny looked like? Uh, I remember what Lola Bunny looked like. I watched Space Jam like every year. So, yeah, and yeah. then do you, do, have you seen Lola Bunny in the new ones? Just type in Lola Bunny, Space Jam. I, I saw the first trailer for the second Space Jam. Just have a look, though. She's, she's undergone like somewhat of a redesign. And you'll be seeing the one where she's got like, I think she's wearing like the LeBron armband. That's uh, the one you'll see. The LeBron armband? Yeah, because he wears like, um, uh, like a... Like a one sleeve. Of those, one of those, yeah, compression yeah. bands for his arm. Yeah, I see. That like she's one, we- yeah. she's wearing one of them. Like it's, it's a really neat redesign, isn't it? She looks uh, more sporty. Uh, I mean, she definitely looks more sporty. Yeah, I don't yeah. like any of the Looney Tunes characters in this 3D animation style. No, no, but really like weird no. to me. But yeah, but her designs like it's a pretty good one, isn't it? Like um, the design itself is fine. Yeah, men on the internet complained because they made her bust and ass smaller. Of course, because they wanted the sexy rabbit lady. And, and literally, they... I think, uh, yeah, the second picture that I can find on Google Images here when I just search Lola Bunny Space Jam 2, that's all I search, yep. is uh, an image from an article, Lola Bunny's Desexualized Space Jam 2 d- Redesign Sparks Intense Debate. It's like, why are we arguing about the desexualization of a rabbit, an a animated cartoon... rabbit? Yeah, a cartoon rabbit in a film for children. But the amount of like vitriol directed at the film's like, this is ruining my childhood. It's like your childhood was wanking over a rabbit. It did awaken many it did. in many people, Carl. It, it did, but at the same time, I like that redesign of her character. It looks really <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah, like all it is is um it's similar to like the Tifa redesign. Which is again incredible, because it just it mm. grounds it more. It's just, hey, guess what? Like women can wear sporty attire and make yeah. like you know, when Tifa is running around doing backflips with dolphins, it's like, it probably makes sense to give her a sports bra and yeah. not just a t-shirt. Of course you'd be wearing one. And it's just really funny the amount of men who get really annoyed about that sort of thing. It's like, what, you know, you could just Google this, right? If you want to have bigger tits, you can just go online and Google that. There's probably someone out Google there. Google many things about Lola Bunny. I'm sh- I'm sure on the internet with 20 years practice. Yeah. But I, the, what made it so funny for me is when that happened because I followed it to a degree because I thought it was really funny. Mm. The amount of people who were doing it, like with their accounts with their names on it, 
Like they're posting it publicly <laughs> with accounts with their name and face on it. And it's like, I aspire to have that level of either confidence or arrogance. Like, yeah, because that's the thing is, you know what? If I want, was one of these people that was really, really upset by this redesign, and I really, like, to the point where I needed to complain about it online, I would be doing that under, like, the un- most anonymous account <laughs> possible. No. Like, oh, God. You've Is got to, Lucas, tactic? you have to do it publicly under your real name. People have got to know. To be fair, I respect the level of commitment. Like, I'm not going to hide my shame. I would be out there, face up, and just go, no, Lola Bunny needs to be more sexy. And here's the thing, Lucas. Is there a character whose design you would, like, die on the hill for in that regard? Because I know, like, me and you feel very strong about the Captain Falcon ass uh, nerf. Just because it's so funny. Yeah, just because it's so funny. So do you want to explain that to people? Yeah, so um, when Super Smash Bros. Ultimate either was released or trailers were shown and whatnot, um, it it was probably, like, teaser images on the website Mm -hmm. because Sakurai does that a lot. People noticed that, like, male and female characters who had, like, you know, perky butts in the last game have had them just, like, nerfed. nerfed. Like, they're just the they're, they're cardboard now. Oh. Oh, God, no, Carl's camera's gone. But, Lucas? yeah, uh, I'll try and keep going while Carl's dead. But, um... Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it I was we've lost weird Lucas. in the sense His, his internet that, was playing up. Like, I... I remember Captain Falcon. And oh, sorry. Specifically, you cut out for a second there, mate. Oh, you cut out for me. Okay. Oh, okay. So let's just try try that again. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure where you start. I think you started so, to say like, explain the the Captain Falcon ass nerf. I was yeah, and I was just talking about how Snake specifically people got up in arms about Snake because they were <laughs> that man does so much squatting and crawling around. Like, he's got an ass for days, and then yeah. you look in Smash Bros Ultimate, and it. Like, the comparison is actually kind of crazy how much they just took all of the meat out of those buns. And the one for me as well, like, whenever stuff like this happens, you always get the weird men arguing, like, for the the, the women. Like, oh, the mm-hmm. women got redesigned. But, with, like I said, with Snake, it made sense that he had a massive round mound yeah. behind him because all he does, he walks around in the squat position 90% of the time. It yeah. makes sense. It mm-hmm. fits his character to have that giant round ass. And, like, and it was just, all I imagine Captain Falcon does between bounty hunts is, like, train. So, again, yeah. it makes fucking sense. Well, his job is sitting on his ass all day, so, of course, he's going to want it to be as muscular <laughs> as possible, just in case he needs to, like, you know, jump out of the blue Falcon at absolute max speed. Well, I was just going to say, like, you need it as thick as you can, because you just need a bit of clearance for, like, if F-Zero cars crash. It's yeah. like, you need the ass to just protect. And it's just, as you mentioned, they do it to, like, oh, I think, like, every character in the game, just to make them... I- I believe, like, a good example is uh, Bayonetta for the women. It was, like, it was both sides of it, yeah. Yeah, but the men didn't complain about Captain Falcon's arse nerf. They only complained about the women. And it's like, no. If the you're really go- is, as general, to be fair, complained about Snake. The Snake one's really fun, but that's the thing. Like, what, can, you, can you think of any other example where it's like a man got a nerf? I can't. Hmm. That's what. It's really interesting. There's probably a lot of examples that nobody whined about on the internet, so nobody. Because, yeah, think that's of the it. thing. There probably is many examples of this, but the fact no one complained mm-hmm. means that you probably flew under the radar. And I'd be really yeah. intrigued to know like, if there were other like male redesign decisions that have just like completely gone. 
without any sort of controversy because weird men on the internet don't complain about that sort of thing. Mm. And I'm, I'm wondering like, how much stuff actually slips underneath people's notice because those weirdos don't complain. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I can't. I literally can't think of an example with men, but the amount of like redesigns Cloud and Sephiroth have had, like, there must be at some point like they made Cloud's arm smaller or something like that. I think they made him bigger. Like, yeah, every, with crazy. every passing year, they make Cloud bigger. <laughs> but no, it's like, things, like every single passing, like, every time they redesign those characters, they just get more and more sculpted. That's true, and they get more and more like belt chains attached to them and that's zippers the, oh, man, just I, everywhere. I love when they get more belts. <laughs> I love the idea of just adding belts to a character. It just it just adds more and more depth to their character. Um, oh, I love the idea that just like at some point somebody designing those characters for like Kingdom Hearts had to go. That's not enough belts. It's not enough. So he's got one on. Yeah, but that's not enough. I need more well, belts. That's what I'm a really big fan of like character design that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I I love when a character's design. Um, is not realistic to like our world, but to realistic to the world they live in. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons I quite like uh, Final Fantasy X. With the, like, the only character in that game that really doesn't make sense is Lulu, because she has the belts. She has like the dress oh, of right. belts. Okay, but, like, I thought every- you were going to say because she's like a bunny person, but like, isn't that because that's a race of people in that world? Uh, that's not in. I think that's like eleven or nine or twelve. Either way, there is like a rabbit person I'm in one getting- of the games, but yeah. But I believe that's because like that is a race, and that's a race you can like pick in Final Fantasy fourteen online as well. Something like that, yeah. But in um, ten, like people often make fun of Tidus's design. It's like cause he has like the weird like three quarter length trousers. It has like one knee covered and then one knee not. Oh, it's okay. like but but he's like a future sportsman, and his thing is like you know, it's an underwater sport. Mm-hmm. So he's wearing stuff that gives him maximum mobility, but he needs to protect it like one leg. Do the same way that you get um, uh, like baseball players? They wear the helmets with one thing on the side. To protect that oh, yeah. one ear, because that's the one that faces towards the plate. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's that thing of like, no, he needs that one knee to have like, you know, some sort of protection on it, because that's the one he's going to be using the clash. And the same with um, another Final Fantasy character when you were pointing out to like pointed out to me with Cloud, where like the reason he only has one pauldron is because like getting that sword from behind Over his, his back, yeah. that the like pauldron would get in the way on that arm. Yeah, but then he just like puts them both together on his other arm for protection. So if people go look at Cloud's design from Final Fantasy VII, you'll see that he has like a weird bolted-on pauldron on either his left or his right shoulder, I forget which. Mm. And that's because he took the pauldron off the other shoulder and just bolted it to that one. So it um, allows him to draw the buster blade um, more conveniently. Yep. And, and they like... show you in, um, I think it's Crisis Core, they show one of the characters, who like Angeal, who originally wielded it. You don't even need shoulder pauldrons when, you wear, when you're using the buster sword because it's so massive, you can just pull it up slightly and use it to protect your arms. <laughs> and he has a bit where someone hits him with a sword and he pulls the, the bus sword away at one inch and because it's so fucking massive it's basically just like it stops the sword hitting him there oh uh, okay yeah and um I, that was one that like I really got like a nice moment sense. out of someone put more effort into it like someone thought about it more than they yeah. didn't just put it on because it looked cool even though it does they put it on because it makes sense and there's an explanation for why it's there but I was gonna uh, bring up another one where like in uh, Destiny well in Destiny 2 Okay. Um, one of the characters of Arla, he has like one of his shoulder pads is like a giant chunk of plate metal. Okay. And it's like, but that makes no sense. Like, why is that such a big, stupid, like, 
shoulder pad like that totally gets in your way and limits your mobility and stops mm-hmm. your aim with your gun as well and then in one cut scene he uses it to like block bullets and it's like yeah yes, okay it's a big now deal. it makes sense like yeah and just, oh, like, can you think of any more examples of like weird character design decisions that are actually like explained or have like a reasoning? Like Cloud's like weird one pauldron. Hmm. Um. Hmm. It's like you have the one like Raiden in Metal Gear Solid. Um. Uh, um. What's it? Revengeance. Where he has like the the bandage over one eye. Uh, yeah. They explain in story that's not a bandage. That is fabric covered in cameras. Hmm. It's uh, because cameras in that universe are so small, it's futuristic as fuck, that it's a bandage <laughs> covered in hundreds and hundreds of cameras to give him full 360-degree um, uh, uh, view of his environment. That's cool, yeah. Rather than, like, rather than give him a cybernetic... didn't have time to give him a cybernetic eye. And it looks cool. And it looks cool, but yeah, yeah. that's the same world where and then we've got like uh, MGS4 where he's got the weird Octo camo suit, and it's like, yeah. if that tech exists, then I understand, yeah. And then he has the... Um, high, Raiden has high heels... It's like, why is Raiden wearing high heels? And it's because he catches the sword in his high heels when he's oh, breakdancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so stupid. But at least they explain why he's wearing high heels. Mm-hmm. And well, that's I the think. thing of like, how is it that Raiden as a robot has more justification for wearing high heels than any woman in, any, like, in any fighting game? Well, Bayonetta, okay. yeah. She's the exception say, that proves the rule. Yeah, yeah. Not Bayonetta, because her high heels have just got, like, the fucking guns, guns on them. attached to them. Like, yeah! But isn't that weird, though? You think that there's always those characters, like, they give women high heels for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. And it's never explained why. But with Metal Gear, with the, in Metal Gear Revengeance, like, the most stupid-ass game. It's like um, a robot punching people for six hours straight. They give an in-canon explanation for why he has high heels. Well, that's like um, one character I can think of where just needless high heels seems to be Nina Williams. From Tekken, where it's like, yeah, she's a femme fatale. I get the stereotype, but that still means that she's got to kick people's ass in like six inch heels. Yeah, it only makes sense for Anna Williams because sexuality is part of her character, where like she is actively taking advantage of her sexuality to lure in men, and she's oh, a fashionista. Okay. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense, like I said, for Nina Williams, who's supposed to be like, you know, an assassin. So why would an assassin wear anything that limits their mobility? Yeah. I don't know. You know, I, I just for some reason, I thought of Nina Williams and then I got really angry because I thought about Resident Evil 5, Jill Valentine's design. It's oh, like, no. Oh, God, were they made the a blonde? blonde one with, like, like bug attached they, why, to her breasts. Did they ever like, explain why they made a blonde? Means her chest's got to be... Because Carl, blondes are sexier, apparently. Yeah, was there, I was wondering, was there ever any, like, in-can explanation for why Jill turned blonde after she turned evil? Wesker so mind looks... controlled her and went, no, no, we are blondes in this family, Jill. We are blondes. Is it, just, is it to make her just look jerk. more like Wesker? Maybe. It was like, tur- turn her to the Aryan side, Carl. It's very strange because like, that's one of the weirder like redesigns. Because I would have get it if they put her in like the weird suit, mm. but like she's wearing like the weird skin tight suit that also has high heels on it. That also has like her chest open yeah. to have the weird mind control bug, and it's it makes like, no sense. Because you don't know, put the mind control bug on like her back or on her neck or something like that's back of the neck. Like a lot of people go for that. Like or no. put something over it to protect it, maybe. Yeah. If it's maybe. the only thing that's going to stop her from attacking. If people don't know what we're talking about in Resident Evil Five, there's like a character who is presumed dead at the start of the game, Jill Valentine. So from like yeah. the second game, uh, where she has probably one of the strongest designs of any female character in gaming. First game, right? The first first one, so. Oh, sorry, first Resident Evil Two is Leon, isn't it? Yeah. Leon, it's, like, yeah. it's like it's the beret. 
Yeah, and she's right. a member of special like uh, stars, special tactics, and something or other bollocks, isn't it? And Reconnaissance simplification. I don't know. I don't something, know. But she's part of special forces, and she just wears a military uniform complete with the beret. And then for absolutely no reason, they're like, you know what? No. Fuck it. Put her in high heels and a cat suit. It's like, why? Why did you need to do... Like, what does this do? That maybe after, like, Wesker just captured her and mind controlled her, he was like, I'm going to live out my, my little fantasy here. She's it's got like, people on, she's got no, to be that's in the high des- heels. The person who designed the character. Yeah, that. exactly. It's just embarrassing, isn't it? It's the only, I, I use that word a lot to describe these decisions. Like it's just it's embarrassing that you thought people would like this. Because mm. that's the thing. Like if anyone's like in the mind to like think, oh no, you just um, uh, complain for the sake of it. The people making these games think you're that stupid. They think you're a horny teenager. Mm-hmm. So and if that's you like the reasoning behind it, yeah. So if if you like respect video games as an art form and want them to be respected as one. Stuff like that should piss you off because it's actively damaging that view of it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's that weird thing, isn't it? Of like, oh well, no, they just they just wanted to make her like look different. It's like, but they could have made her look different in a lot of ways that didn't mean that Chris Redfield has to jump on her chest and rip a bug out of her like boobs, essentially. Yeah, as she moans and writhes around in ecstasy. It's like there's a lot a lot of design decisions that could have meant that didn't happen. Yeah, and that's like, stuff like that is to video games, like what exploitation movies in the 80s were to film. Where it like lowers the opinion of the medium as a whole. Oh, right, okay, yeah. And it's weird to think it's like those decisions in those games, like they've been made by people in their 40s. Hmm. And that that was one thing that always um, threw me off Dead or Alive as a series. It's just like... It's it's embarrassing. Why are they all sexualized so much? Like, Why are these women all just like... And to be fair, this was me without really knowing. And like, I did end up playing DOA 5 when you showed me it. It's a solid game, but like... You can't yeah, get past all it, All I you? knew was like, oh, Dead or Alive. It's got boob physics. It's got a bunch of women. Then I saw like the beach volleyball game. And I was like... I. I don't want to feel creepy. I don't want to play these games. Do you know they actually developed like new graphical technology to realize those games? Like, they developed tech. no, they developed like sweat engine. Oh, uh, okay. Like, like realistic sweat engine for the characters and dirt hmm. for those volleyball games. Of oh, the volleyball games specifically, that they then right. put into the fighting games. Yeah, I was going to say I do remember like the the winning screens of like dead or alive 5 where the sweat looks quite good on them and it's just the character designs are fucking horrendous and you're like oh. <laughs> there's no other way to describe it it's like it is embarrassing it really is and most of the um like females luckily have an outfit that you can unlock to put them in actual fucking clothing but that shouldn't really be something that i have to spend time to unlock outfits to make them look normal it's like just make them look normal and we've talked about it before like the only game that's ever handled that properly is tekken where they put in swimsuits for everyone including the men yeah like if you're gonna put swimsuit sets in put them in for fucking everyone that's the one yeah if you're gonna have that eye candy now have eye candy for everybody okay to everybody's like, tastes who doesn't want to watch like hey hatchy just rocking that speedo man to be fair he's been doing that since tekken 4 when they gave him like the big uh, the nappy yeah, they did. they did. And it's just like, there's just something about the idea of, like, he was like, I think the final boss. And mm. you rock up to the final boss, and it's just Hey Hatchie in a diaper, like, fucking bring it on. It's like, that <laughs> is a confident man. 
And again, it's um, similar to like uh, the sumo get-up, isn't it? Of having those like thick bands around your, um, yeah, your crotch, and that's all they were. It's a display of his confidence as well. I mean, I'd, I'd see that as a confident man. It's a display of his confidence that I don't need anything but my own skills to kick the shit out of you. Like, I'm going to sit here mostly naked in my dojo. You come challenge me. I think it's in the middle of an arena because it's the King of Iron Fist. He's like the final boss and he just sits in his arena waiting for someone to challenge him on public TV. Oh, I thought I might be getting my games confused here because I, I have an image all... in my head of like Heihachi just sitting in a dojo. That's like number six and seven where he's mm-hmm. in his dojo and like Kazuya challenges him. But you know what? We're getting into some weird obscure lore <laughs> for Tekken there. Yeah. And that is a bit of thing. But something I actually did do this week that I thought was it's something I noticed and hadn't noticed um, uh, previously, um, and I was rewatching Infinity Wars in the background, mm. and yeah, it was like pretty solid film. And while I was watching it, I noticed something that um, just made me go, "Huh, that's related to something that happened this week." And do you remember when we, we made the Deadpool video, and all the weird fanboys yeah. are getting really mad because we talked about the A Force scene. We have all the the women from Marvel in one scene. Oh right, yeah, yeah, of course. And it's like that's one of those scenes where men just keep complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Do they have that exact same scene in Infinity War? Do you remember that they had that exact same moment? Where? In the, in the fight in Wakanda, um, just after or around the time Thor arrives, Proxima Midnight runs onto the battlefield. And that's when um, Black Widow attacks her, but then like um, Wanda comes and helps out as well. Wanda, Wanda comes in, as does uh, Okoye. And they yeah. have a four. Like they have the fight between all of them. So it's all the women in the movie up to that point. And they say she's not alone. They say the exact same line. Oh, and that's what made me notice it. The, I didn't notice it was the exact same line, but it's the same line. Do you know the line when um, uh, Captain Marvel turns up? Yeah, and it's like, oh, how are you going to do it on your own? It's like she's not alone. Like when Proxima Midnight is challenging um, Black Widow, um, Okoye comes in and says the same line. I went. Oh, so that scene in Endgame is a reference to this scene here. Do you ever remember anyone complaining about that scene? Uh, no, but at the same time, I do remember being in the cinema and like um, that scene happened and I gave like just a general eye my girlfriend. Like we just gave each other a little look of like, hmm, and then spoke about it afterwards briefly of just like, did they really have to make the women fight the woman? Like, did that need to happen? And it was like, no. But I do think Proxima Midnight is a fucking awesome character. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I want them to get their own spin off. Like, that's such a fucking good design. Well, I was happy that they got a little bit of a, a mention in, you know, a tiny spoiler. They are within the like, last one of the what-if episodes. episodes. They have that great line, don't they? Huh, they've got one of the exhibits guarding the museum. <laughs> which is a fucking incredible line. Yeah, but like, I noticed that that happened, and I thought... So the scene in Endgame, that's just a building up of that scene there. Mm-hmm. And then it, I just remember like all the weird men we were getting complaining. It was like, oh, it comes out of nowhere. It's like, it's not. It's actually a reference to a scene in the previous movie. It's just building up on that scene. It's yeah, just adding yeah. more to it. The same way that um, the fight between Thanos, Cap, um, uh, Thor, and Iron Man yes. is like, just, you know, yeah. just a build up of all the things that happened throughout the Avengers films. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, I do, I do feel like that, you know, one shot of all the women is crammed in a little bit, but at the same time, I'm not mad at that. That's what's really strange as well, because um, something I was, like, looking up, it's, like, it's just a reference to the A-Force um, uh, cover. 
the cover of the A-Force, which oh, has that exact yeah. pose. And he's like, oh, so it's just a comic reference. Do you know the same way when Cap gets Mjolnir? And he does, like, the knee. And it's like, oh, that's just a comic panel. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything, like, every, like, moment in that fight scene is just, oh, that's a comic panel, that's a comic panel. That's a reference to something from something else. It's like, oh, it's just another reference to another piece of Marvel media. Because, like, fuck yeah. it, everybody gets their reference. Yeah, exactly. And um, shout out to the latest What If episode of basically having a falcon knee in there. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I got a hype oh. for that falcon fucking knee. <laughs> I, I like how going to spoiler territory about like what if, if people haven't yeah. seen it and whatnot. I like how we've already got a weird guy in it. It's it's who's complaining saying they're all there by coincidence in the middle of Thanos's army. Well, are, are you really going to single that out as the one coincidence? Yeah. In that fight scene, uh, there's also like, the really? coincidence where like. Gamora uh, just happens to have to a run into Peter with Star Wars. Like, Star Wars in the middle of a fight scene. Yeah, you also like every. Like, you also just so happen to have just um, the van just be there. Yes, and yeah. Ant Man notice it, and then Ant Man has a conversation with Wasp in the middle of a fight scene. Mm-hmm. And it's that's, like, a, that's the thing I don't a get. Incidents of just the timing of everybody arriving. Like if they at the exact they, same time, yeah. Surely there be some people will be coming later. It's like no. Well, it's not even that. It's more just like, oh, they arrived at the perfect, most cinematic moment of like Steve Rogers strapping in, ready to fight one on one with an entire yeah. army. Like, but no one says that's coincidence. Oh, it's just no. coincidental that um, he Wong and all the the sources managed to get everybody to appear at the exact same time, and they even managed to make sure that um, um, Will Sam Wilson ends up on Cap's left. And they managed to make it so that it was, like, perfect timing to make it the most dramatic moment of all. Like, they couldn't have just showed up at the start when, like, you know, Cap and Thor and Iron Man are all fine, no? Yeah. And it's really telling that the the one thing people refuse to believe is that all the women happen to be there. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Uh, Like, it's just... It is one of those of like, yeah, it's a coincidence, but the amount of coincidence that also happened that you don't yeah. want to complain about is like, come it's, on. Yeah. When you, the only thing you complain about is that. It's like, do you ever see that great tweet uh, from that knobhead that immediately got deleted? Where it's a guy, I think he tweeted that's like, oh, um, respond below with your least favorite character from the MCU. And he listed all his least favorite characters. And I think just someone screenshotted his entire thread and I'm not starting to notice a trend here. And the guy just. All the characters he didn't like was every single woman in the MCU. <laughs> and it's like, <sighs> I, it's, it's fair enough if your least favorite character happens to be a woman in that series. But it's very telling that every character you dislike is a woman. And I found it really funny. I pointed out to Jenna like the other week. Um, there was one of those just like silly meme-ish posts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you have like $15 to spend on like... The Avengers and who would you you know you choose yeah. and it's like some characters cost like five some four yeah. three two one and basically tiered what like how useful each mm-hmm. Avenger would be and you've got like at the top it's like Iron Man Thor Captain America yeah and then like in the middle is like Captain um yeah Captain Marvel or something like that and then like the most the powerful character Wanda Division not Wanda sorry not Wanda Division so like the two women who are like the strongest two people in the MCU so far who are powered by fucking infinity stones. So like, oh yeah, they're like bombs here. Well I am man in a robot yeah. suit. To, to, be, like, to clarify as well, that's not us. Uh, like Kevin Feige himself has confirmed that the two strongest Avengers are Captain Marvel and Wanda. 
because they got their powers, as Luke said, directly from an Infinity Stone. Yeah, and like, look at what Wanda does to Thanos of just walk up to him and just like, I'm going to get <laughs> from Lim. And it's only because he just calls down the hailstorm that like, he even gets away from Wanda at all. Like, she single-handedly managed to do what? The combined forces. If I'm remembering the fight on Titan scene correctly, Spider-Man, Iron Man, um, Drax, Star-Lord, uh, Mantis. And Mantis, yeah. Doctor yeah. Strange. And Doctor Strange, yeah. And Doctor Strange is there as well. Is that all the people that are in the fight on Titan, I think? Yes. So, it's, yeah, the yeah. combined forces, of the combined might of all those characters, and Wanda does it like that. Yeah, one she just ha- literally one hand. Like you're fucking mine now, bitch. Yeah, one handed. But no, she's not as strong as Iron Man. Not as useful as Iron Man is in a fight. Yeah, a, ca- a character who has like unlimited, like nigh omnipotence. And I think like people like Star Lord are above them as well. And it's like I get that he's you know a half celestial, but his powers only ne- exist on ego from what they show. It's like okay, yeah, that's real useful. Just uh, can you come? Can you come fight over here, mate? Yeah. Oh god, and it's just one of those. They may not have like had any bad intentions in that, but the fact that even if they weren't thinking about it, they just automatically ranked a lot of the females lower. Yeah, it's like yeah. I say it's very telling. It's telling yeah. when someone's like first response is that. It's like when they when they draw the line of like um, like someone mentioned earlier, like oh it's a coincidence, or they draw the line of it being like you know too fan servicey or too cringy. It's like why is it not cringy when it's all the other stuff that you liked? You draw the line at the thing that makes that you don't like, and why is it you don't like this thing? So the only difference I can really see is that this scene has all the women in it. Hmm. Yeah, because I think you said it once when we were discussing something, and you just went, just say it. <laughs> like we'd have like we'd all have more respect if you just said what you mean. Yeah. Stop trying to pussyfoot around it and just say it. It's, it's just maddening, isn't it? Like, I, I would almost have more respect for you if you just straight up went, I really don't like women. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have respect for you, but I'd have, like, I'd have... a crumb more respect for you than when you don't admit it, but you still When you're trying to pussyfoot around it and pretend yeah. that it's not. It's like, no, 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 no. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. And it's like, and then you break down, like, other things in a scene that don't make sense. Like, well, no, no, that's like, you know, that's that's different. Because how is it different? <laughs> and they never want to say, and it's like, just say, just say what I think, like, we all know you want to say. Yeah, totally. Oh, God. But yeah, like, it, it, oh, it just annoys me. Really annoys me. Yeah. Like, oh, but like, you know, representation doesn't matter, Carl, until like, I'm not represented. That's always my favorite one. It's like, no in, more. In a film with 50 fucking characters. It's always that argument, isn't it? Like, well, no, I'm not, I'm not mad that like somebody else is being represented. It's like, but you only ever get mad when like, it's not a white man. Like, if there's a white man, Front and center, that's fine. The lack well, yeah. of representation, like that, doesn't matter. But when, you know, when it's like a black woman, say for example, it's like, no, 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 like that's not fair. Why do they get to be a main character? It's like I could go watch White Man anywhere I see. There's enough. So we've had it out with the um, uh, like the the discussion is it's uh, oh it feels forced. Mm. Like when you put like a person of uh, a minority in a film, it's like. But why don't you say that when they're literally rewriting, in some cases, actual history to put white people in? It's like that 9-11 film. And one of the many 9-11 films that came out after 9-11. Mm. 
Um, uh, there is one based on the firefighters who rescued people from that. And one of the characters in that is based on a real dude who died in um, during the, the event. Right. And he was black. And they got a white guy to play him. That is literally forcing in yeah. um, a character. That's forcing in. And that's, I would say that is 100% an agenda right there. When you're forcing in a white person into a story that is revolving around a black dude. Because he's a real guy who actually lived. I think it says a lot that we have the term like whitewashing. The yes. fact that that term exists. Mighty whitey and all that. Means that there's been a lot of it throughout Or you the have years. the one of, uh, what was the other film? The Martian. Where the main character in The Martian, the novel, is Korean. Oh. And it's Matt Damon in the film. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no one complained about that being forced. Because that's the thing, you literally have to force that. Because yeah. you are changing the race of the main character mm-hmm. from what it was like the, the author's original intention. Yeah, and like... Um, or the Aloha film with um, Emma Stone, where the character she's supposed to be playing is supposed to be um, like a South Pacific Islander. Right. Like, uh, I think like half Asian, like half South Pacific Islander. She's supposed to be like a native Hawaiian. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure the exact race comes from but it's definitely not Emma Stone. It's definitely right. not Alabaster Emma Stone. And that's... Like we we were actually talking a little bit. I like bit that a guy went ju- weekend. One of the people in chat said they just had to get a big name in the movie. Like, there are black actors. <laughs> there are famous black actors. It's <laughs> like yeah. There are black people who act. But, uh, I'm not sure if it's a surprise to you, but you can hire a black. There are many famous black people who presumably would have loved to have that role. Yeah. But no one ever complains about that. And when they do, it's always the same people who've complained about a woman being in a film will say, mm-hmm. well, you're just like, you know, you're just getting offended over nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they're not. Because this is a real story that happened. That thing is like... I'm on about The Martian. Like, there are Asian actors who are famous. Are, yeah. <laughs> like, Daewoo Kim's right there. Mm-hmm. He's fucking there. That guy's awesome. Johnny Gat, Jin from Lost. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Um, like good, I like that as well. The guy tried to save that there by going, no, I'm on about the Martian. It's like... that. That's the, still the exact, the exact same, same point. Same it doesn't matter what like, race we're talking about here, you will be able to find like a famous actor. It's like, oh, God. But yeah. like it's, it's like If you need an Asian guy in Hollywood who looks like, you know, super handsome, but also like a kick your ass, you get, you get him. You get Daewoo Kim. And I was surprised. Um, one, one that I was expecting to see comments mm-hmm. like that on was um netflix releasing some like pictures of the live action cowboy bebop like remake that they're doing i'm not too familiar with cowboy bebop so you'll have to um uh, well it was more just the, um the fact that it was like uh john cho is it who got cast as like spike and then there's like a black man who got cast as a white character or like not black character in uh speak Cowboy Bebop, and then like, um, I think the woman's cast as like an Asian woman, and I'm like, I was clicked on that thinking, oh, what comments am I gonna see? Like, how bad is it gonna be? And then everyone was just like, oh, John Cho looks awesome in this. I was like, oh, cool. That that's really nice and refreshing to see. Yeah. And um, before anyone jumps on, because we know someone's gonna say this, because we've, I want to say we had this conversation with like a mutual friend recently, where we had to like lay it down for him. Mm-hmm. Um, when they hire a black person to play a white character. That's not the same as hiring a white person to play a black character because in the case of a, like, almost every black character I can, ever, I can think of in my head, them being black is important to their character. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of the whereas time. a white person, them being white is not important to their character. And I think that's incidental. One like distinguishable thing, isn't it? Of like, yeah. I, if it is just person, like race of person, completely doesn't matter and is inconsequential, then fair enough. Higher whoever like, the foot you want I, to play again. On. Cowboy Bebop is never really brought up what race anyone is. It doesn't really like come in context of the film. It's just it's like a, a space western. So mm-hmm. cast them as whoever the fuck you want. Like that's just fine. Hire, hire the best person for the role. Mm-hmm. But you always get whenever something like I guess you always get that person trying to like do the gotcha of oh well you'd complain if it was the other way around. It's like yeah, because it's almost like there's a context that you're ignoring. And there's also a history of, as I say, like whitewashing and like blackface and shit like this, where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's not. not. Look. And I always love that one as well, because it's when someone says, um, uh, "Are you like, are you saying that um, uh, a white actor couldn't play a black character, uh, a black person?" It's like, what? They could, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> I would love to see the actor ballsy enough to do that. Mm, yeah. I would 100% uh, well, at least in support day. that. Yeah, I like, would pay money to see that explanation. Mm-hmm. God. And um, I, I still just think back to... I don't know if you've actually watched this episode. Oh, God, of, someone just brought up fucking Robert Downey Jr. Fucking hell, do people still not that get that? a fucking parody. It's parody, you not. <laughs> You're a oh, fucking moron. God. Should, should we break that down? Because I'm so sick of people bringing up Robert Downey Jr. Right. Let's that is... Right, so Robert Downey Jr. very famously, or infamously if you're a moron, appears in Tropic Thunder in blackface. Mm-hmm. And his character is a method actor. That's the character. And, and the joke is, is that he is supposed to be a parody of actors insisting that they can play any race they want. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it is self-aware. The it is being done. movie they spend dunking on him for doing it. Yeah, like, everybody in the movie is actively telling him he's, like, stupid and he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's he's being a pig-headed A-list actor, insisting that, no, I can do this because I'm a good enough actor to pull it off. And because I'm not I necessarily say, saying that they should have written that character into the movie in the first place, but the entire point was to make fun of people who think it's okay. Yeah, the idea is lampshading it. Mm-hmm. He's letting you know, and he has all the same arguments that you'd get, like you know, actors who've tried to defend it in the past doing. It is one hundred percent self-aware, and every single time we do, someone was like, "Oh, you couldn't make that film today because people would complain." It's like, no, morons wouldn't understand it as they <laughs> didn't when it was released. Oh god! And it's just every single time. I've heard that argument so many times, and it's so infuriating because it's just they do it as if like, "Aha, I've got you here." It's like, no. Did you watch the film? Do you <laughs> yeah, understand basic film theory? It's like, did they just see the picture of him in the movie and not watch the movie? Yeah, that is the you only way that? I could think that somebody sees that and doesn't realise how much of just an obvious parody it was. And as well, how much every character in the movie calls him out for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And the fact as well that Robert Downey Jr. actively went out and asked a bunch of like you know black actors, is this okay? And they're like, it's fucking hilarious. Same yeah. thing with like Blazing Saddles. But they always say like, you couldn't. That's the one, uh, the Mel Brooks one with oh god, uh, Gene Wilder. I forget the other guy's name. Uh, but like that's the one where it's like the black cowboy or the black sheriff, right? And it is very again infamous amongst morons um, because it has many utilizations of the N word, right? Okay. And the and it's again it's done 
for you know parody it's lampshading mm-hmm. and that film was like um not maybe not co-written but richard pryor the very famous black comedian mm-hmm. looked over the script uh, right, and was okay. like um, a, a supervisor on set and the idea is like you know the casual throwing around of the n-word is supposed to be like representative of like you know what black people face every day mm-hmm. it's like cause when you watch it and you're like oh my god did, did they just say the n-word to this guy and he's like the the sheriff it's like yeah that's what it's like being a black person you can be in a position of authority you can be the nicest most competent person in the room and still have somebody say that to your face yeah that's the point that is supposed to make you uncomfortable that's the point and then people don't get it oh god yeah and i, yeah, I cleveland little there we go i, I apologize like that guy's excellent in that role but oh, okay. he's not been in much yeah and he's like fucking fantastic in that um, uh, film. And he does have one of the greatest moments of breaking character where um, Gene Wilder is explaining that the people in this town, you know, they're small-minded. Mm. They're simple folk. You know, morons. And he breaks character because he wasn't expecting that. And it was just like, a, like an honest moment of him, of just like, you no know, catharsis of someone to tell him, look, they're just fucking morons. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. God, it was funny because I, I saw not long ago like um, someone had only out of all Tarantino's movies only seen Django Unchained, so therefore assumed the person writing this movie must have been black, and then later down the line like realized like oh okay he's not he's not black. We're just watching that movie and going like I I get that like that word is thrown around very very casually in that movie. But that's the thing it was at the time. Mm-hmm, yeah. Obviously, though, it's, a, it's not a historical film, but it's, you know, it's set in that time period. An exaggerated version, like all time. Not to mention as well, are, yeah. yeah. Not to mention as well, the whole reason it's thrown around so much is so that when Django comes in, like, the best scene that movie is when he's whipping the fucking slave owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have heard stories from friends of mine of, like, yeah, I watched that film in, like, you know, a predominantly black audience, and people were, like, asking the guy to rewind the film so they could watch <laughs> that bit again. People were, like, and I was, like, that is an experience like I will never ever have. No, no. Because like you know, I do not have that life experience of just like you know dealing with that on a daily basis. Like, I can't imagine how cathartic it was. That must have been um, awesome for, to watch for yeah. Jamie Fox oh, and for like, you know oh, yeah. pe- black people watching that film to see a slave get fucking whipped. It's so good. <laughs> it's like one of the best scenes in the entire film. Oh god, and that that entire movie is just. Great, it's but. fantastic, yeah. It's like the one in um, uh, Inglorious Bastards, isn't it? Where they have the entire film of like building up, and then at the end, it's like just they have that one shot of just the guy shooting Hitler in the face and just like annihilating <laughs> this rubber mask of Hitler. Like, and they have like because they do it, and then you think, oh my god, he's dead. But then they even show like the guy looks over and just shoots his corpse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, that's exactly what you want because <laughs> you want that cathartic moment where they don't just kill Hitler. They fucking they annihilate him. Like, his body, yeah. It's as like, you would, yeah. And man, oh god, but I love as well, like um just the idea of like, well you know what? You can just take your uniform off. I'm just gonna carve a fucking swastika into your Directly head. into your forehead, yeah. Like you can't fucking put a bit of makeup on that, mate. Nope, no stopping that. Oh god. Because like obviously, you know, there was a lot of fucking Nazis that just must have walked away and got away with it and signed like confidentiality agreements with like other oh, a bunch, for probably, yeah, a bunch and probably did, yeah. like that and 
It's just, no, I love the idea. Fuck them, they're fucking Nazis. Don't let them get away. And that film, it's that moment, is fantastic. Yeah. And it's like all the build-up. And I believe it's the same in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've not seen that yet. It's it's been on my list for a while, but I forget which serial killer it's the basis of. Like there's the background to the film is like there's a serial killer. I think it's the Dahmer's or maybe it's Manson's. I've not and seen like, the movie or know much about it, to be honest, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but I believe at the end of the film, it's just Brad Pitt's character goes and kicks the shit out of a, a serial killer. <laughs> and just like Kung Fu fights a serial killer. And again, it's that moment of catharsis. I like, fuck this guy. Is that all like, Tarantino you know, the- wants to do? Just give us those moments of like, I'm going to build up an entire movie for just like catharsis. Well, yeah, it's like, you know, acceptable target of uber violence. Like mm-hmm. what, Wolfenstein? Like, Wolfenstein exists on that cross of like, well, if you're going to make an uber-violent game where you, like, you know, obliterate people, let's just give you a target where no one feels bad for them. Nazis. And then there were people mad at them. <laughs> Complaining! For, like, campaigning the marketing around, like, yeah, let's kill some fucking Nazis. And people are like, no, 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 that's insensitive to the Nazis. It's a fuck the Nazis. I still think, like, the best... Like, that was one of the best advertising campaigns for a game, which was oh, fuck yeah. Nazis. <laughs> Literally. Just oh god, and then I like I was so happy when I saw those adverts go out and stuff, and all that marketing roll out, and then the fact that I saw people getting mad about it online, I'm like, nah. that makes oh. it, like it made me like the game more. Yeah, yeah. And totally. that game has probably as well one of the best line readings in a video game. Did you play the game? Uh, a little bit of it first. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a spoiler in it now. Um, uh, Bj Blazkowicz, like you know, fucking just Aryan Ubermensch. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, midway through the game you get captured and you get executed publicly on TV. Oh, okay. Like you, the ca- you die and in first person you see yourself get executed. Fucking hell. But at the last possible second as your head falls off your body, uh, they catch it with a little robot and they put it on top of a, 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 a Nazi super soldier body. Because <laughs> part of the story is that they're breeding like, like genetically perfect Nazi super soldiers hmm. and they steal the body and then put BJ Blazkowicz's head on top of it. <laughs> And then the next mission you have... Like, that's the reasoning behind why, why he's a normal character again rather than, like, crippled. And also as well, like, how... Because like, I think he's crippled from the start and then he gets, like, the super robot suit. You yeah, lose that. Does, yeah. And then you get, like, just basically the Nazi Ubermensch body. Mm-hmm. And they send you after the lady who, like, executed you. And she's on a TV show talking about how she killed you. Uh, okay. And she's talking like, oh, yeah, I killed BJ Blazkowicz. Guy's a pussy. Like, what the fuck's <laughs> he going to do? And then you sneak into the studio... And, oh. like, if you wait, you can hear her talk the entire time, like, just chatting shit about how she killed you and about, oh, yeah, I'm really great. Everyone loves me. I'm the best. And then you just come down on an elevator and she just sees you. And the line read from the lady, it's, I, I say, like, her scream is blood curdling. Because mm. you, it's just, I, I have never heard such abject terror in the voice of someone reading a line oh, from a God. video game. Because like it is horrifying. Because she's just like she, like she's seen a ghost. Yeah, and just her scream of like you're supposed to be dead. You're supposed to be dead. Well, it's this the same woman, the, the blonde woman who's like basically torturing you and killing your friends at the start. Yes. So again, like even more of a build up for that character. Yeah, it's that yeah. catharsis, and you just like ram an axe through her face. It's great. <laughs> but it's just that like her line read of like you're supposed to be dead. It actually made me like it curdled me like my blood. I'm like oh. I've never heard like someone scream. It's like when you watch a horror movie and someone just does a really good scream. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to like a fake horror movie, but when they actually have like terror, 
in their voice. It's like, oh, God, that, that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. <laughs> that. I don't like hearing that. Oh, God. And, yeah, like it, that was um, similar to that one in, like, Night Trap. And, like, we watched... That one, yeah. That one scene where, like, I... When I was streaming it, you mentioned it. Like, the and, one like, girl who acts her fucking heart out when she's getting kidnapped. So then I looked it up and was like, oh, my God, yeah, this is, like, kind of horrifying how much she's just selling being stolen by bin bag vampire people that are going to kill her. And it's weird that if she was a worse actor... Like, if she was a worse actor, then that game might not have been as controversial. So people don't know yeah, like the game yeah. Night Trap um, uh, basically nearly killed video games. Uh, it brought in the ERSB. Is that the, the one? Yes, I'll be. Entertainment yes. Ratings Board, whatever the fuck it is. Um, yeah, they had that. Uh, that got brought in because of Night Trap because it's like a game about you watching over a house full of traps. And it's really cartoonish. It's really silly, very B-movie-esque. Super B-movie and campy for the most part, yeah. yeah. And, like, the enemies in it are not a threat at all. And the story is that it was originally going to be vampires, but they didn't want to put vampires in because vampires are too scary. Mm-hmm. So they made them into, like, half vampires who walk around like... And they're like... That they don't bite you. They have, like, a weird hook that they put around your neck and they, they drain your blood like with that. They have, like, granny grabbers that they put around you that drill into yeah. your neck and steal your blood. And, and then they they're are covered a... in, like, bin bags so they don't look like actual monsters or anything. Yeah, and they are a cartoonishly ineffective threat mm-hmm. but there is one point in the game where if you fail um one girl gets kidnapped by a couple of these vampires and just she sells being ki- like she sells like being in terror and being attacked so well that it's actually uncomfortable to watch oh if really you watch is, it out yeah. if you watch it out of context it's fucking horrifying and they use that clip to sell to the US government that this is a murder simulator. Look, look at this video game you're playing with your children, like your children might be able to play, mm-hmm. where you watch this woman die on screen. And they I think made if that it woman out as if the entire game is as was that. horrible as that and how terrifying it is. And it's like, look at this video game where all you do is watch women get gruesomely kidnapped and murdered. It's like, and it's like if that lady would have been a shit actor, like she'd have been worse, then maybe video games would have been saved, or at least like, you know, that. Um, uh, court case would have had less ammo. It would have had less ammo. It's like the question of they still had Mortal Kombat on its own. Would Mortal Kombat and like the little pixelated skull being ripped out of the body would that have been enough? I think people would have written it off as like it's a one-off. Yeah, but I I, they would have seen it as like I I think it's because they had some point down the line. Presumably, yes, might become a thing anyway. But I think with Night Trap because it was actual people. That's what did it. It's like Mortal Kombat and that. Yeah. And that's weird thing. Like, that lady just being such a good actor in that scene changed the course mm. of video games. And I can't imagine a world where we got like past Manhunt without making a ratings board. Oh yeah. Well, Manhunt's like it's it's just hilarious to play now. Have you played? Have you ever played Manhunt? Like not recently. Since, like they released essentially. Yeah, I played Manhunt, I want to say, like a couple of years ago. Mm. I had it. I, I think I still have like at home. Mm-hmm. Like, how bad was this, actually? And the worst bit about it is the sound design. The actual yeah, violence remember, on like, screen. The sound of like strangling someone with like piano cord or whatever it was was horrifying. Like, the sound yeah. design was really good. Well, the really actual... good in a... Really good, yeah, which it's good in a bad in way. A bad, that it, yeah, it was well yeah. designed. The worst part of that game is the sound. People don't know Manhunt is just a game where you murder people. Like mm-hmm. You're put into like basically a game show in a dystopian version of the world where 
um, you just have to kill people to survive. And um, like the actual violence is fairly muted because most of it is like framed. I want to say artistically. I'll just say it's framed creatively, hmm. so that your imagination fills in most of what's happening on screen, with the exception of a couple, which make you go, "Oh, like I think the, it was like the, I was the baseball say, bat one." If is I the remember rightly, like for example, the strangling, you basically you mainly see it in like first person with just like the arms and the bit of a struggle. Yeah, like, it's the um, it's the baseball bat one is one that I remember going, "Oh," because that's when you hit them, you see like the actual top of their head fly off. And that was like you know legitimately, um, uh, like you know surprising mm-hmm. to see. But the rest of it's just really good sound design. It's Rockstar made it, and Rockstar yeah. have got all that Rockstar money. They had that like you know Grand Theft Auto money, mm-hmm. and like I, the one that got me is just one of the first ones you see, and it is putting a carrier bag over someone's head. Oh god! And it's just the one because it takes about thirty seconds. Like if you do the bad one, because if you do the quick one, you kill the guy in like five seconds. But if you do the slow one, which gets you less points, but it takes longer, so you're more likely to get caught doing it. It's like a good 40 seconds of this guy struggling. And you have like the sound of the guy struggling to breathe as your character's like punching him in the face. And you like hear his nose break as he's struggling to breathe. And you hear like, and it's like, oh, and that's the worst one in the game. And it's the first one you see. And that's the thing is, imagine like you're the person who playing the game at the ALCLB who has to rate this game. The first thing you do is like for 40 seconds, strangle someone with a carrier bag. As you're like punching them in the face and listening to them just die slowly, it's like, yeah, this is gonna get like a bad rating, a mature rating for sure. Yeah, and again, if the sound design would have been worse, if like you know the people making that game would have been like no less talented, mm-hmm. I feel like that it wouldn't hit as hard. And it just shows like you know, all media is like you know some of its parts. But I always think, and um, like when you know we discussed this kind of thing of like. Yes. Because it's gotten so realistic, I feel so sorry for the people who have to make this kind of stuff because there's that oh, yeah, story there's... Um, with like Mortal Kombat developers. Yeah, where they, they, they get PTSD. To, they had to like get counseling and stuff a lot of them because they were forced to look up images of like dead people and vicious murders and stuff so that they could yep. as realistically as possible recreate that in the fatalities and stuff. It's like, oh, like autopsy photos. Is it and, it? Autopsy photos and all stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And they get like um, people coming in from um, law enforcement and things of that nature, and hospital ER doctors, trauma doctors, soldiers, people who've lost their limbs. And it has to be as well. that thing of like, oh, you know, when I shoot them in the skull here, and their brain explodes across the screen, like, is that being done in an accurate way or not? I have to research that. It's oh god. That's, That's why, I like, you know, just we all. That peaked, uber violence peaked with Gears of War, specifically the first one, mm. where it's just so cartoonish, where it's, it cannot even be understood to be representative of real life. Like, there's just something about the. It's. I, I think that's the limit of how gory something can be, but while also like maintaining enough to be funny. Right. To me, when, mm. like because in Gears of War, when you like hit someone with a shotgun, they just explode. Like there's just chunks of body like. Gone. And it's so cartoonish. Like they'll like, oh, they'll get cut in half by a ball-top pistol. But yet again, when they added like photo mode or whatever it was to that game, can't remember the photo mode or like spectator mode in versus or something that I, mm-hmm. um, you had like the ghost camera and you could fly the camera around, and like you know, curious, morbid, like teenage me, just yeah. went up to like the bodies that had been blown apart and like. Well, how realistic is like the rib cage sticking out of the body and stuff like that? Like, yeah. So you have Last of Us 2, isn't it? 
Like they put like so much effort into that. Like when you hit someone, have oh, you seen like they realistic. they went as they went as far to like program in like teeth being knocked out of face physics oh, and stuff like that. And it's like that's too much. You that didn't is. have to do this. Didn't have to program those horse testicles to get like cold and shrink and. But what am I supposed to aim for? <laughs> what am I supposed to aim for when I'm chasing someone down on my horse? It's like, I, I you know. There's those two levels of, like, the needless details that they put in. Like, the horse testicles are one that I'm like, that doesn't need to be in. The mm. person spending, like, what was it, a year on Batman's cape looking good. That guy got his fucking paycheck. Yeah, it's, and that's, you like, know, that's a really cool detail that sells the game better. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you see the one for Red Dead, where they had horse artists? Not programmers, not artists horse artists and their only job like they had multiples but not just one they had multiple mm. and their only job was just painting the horses and making their coats look unique and realistic to what an actual horses would look like so they and i think they had five of them so they had five wow. full-time horse artists working on that to make sure all the horses just looked immaculate i mean they did a good job they did yeah but they like what it means like they weren't the people like you know design like rigging the horse mm. and then they just made the look of the horses yeah yeah that's a it's a lot of people to horse to do artist what a job i still remember as well one of the funniest time moments of that game is when i whistled for my horse inside a building and like the horse just jammed its head through a door and i just heard this like because i had like surround i've got surround sound on my tv and for some reason the horse head butting its way into the the, the saloon just only made my left speaker or my right speaker, I guess I'm using this hand, just like blow the fuck out. So I shit myself because I whistled for my horse and then I said, Boom! What the fuck is that? And I turned my character around, there's like a horse and its head's all the way through the window to the saloon, just staring at me. Just like, hi. You called? You did. You called, John? Oh, God. And like, I think, you know, it's fair for the, like, for the most part, the balls was a bit far, but like the amount of detail they put into those horses, because you know the horses are so such a... integral to that game. But you can't move around without a horse. It's like I heard that GTA Six won't come out until like everybody's nipples in the game harden appropriately. Have you seen some? There's some ridiculous details in that game, like like flip flops, flip flop. That's what <laughs> that got me. Like if you walk in flip flops, they actually make the flip flop noise, and that was apparently very important to um, uh, the designers. Like we're not putting flip flops in unless they flop and flip properly. <laughs> and that little thing, and it's like if you drive a car for long enough and then drive to a secluded enough area where there's no background noise, you can hear the engine like tick over and stuff like that. And it's like the one that in Grand Theft Auto Four, like the game before all that, like got me. And it, I actually fell for it a couple of times as well. Is when Nico's about to get a call. Mm. The radio does that uh, 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 thing that radios do, and like I the legit, I legit multiple times playing that game, pulled my phone out thinking I was getting a call because I was so <laughs> engrossed in the game. I'm like, am I getting a call? Like, no, I'm not, because my phone wouldn't affect the radio in the car in a video game. <laughs> yeah. But for a second, I thought that it did, and that was amazing. That's a very weird level of immersion, isn't it? Yeah, where I thought my phone call in real, so I'm act- the phone call is act- like. So that is simultaneously bringing me out of the game and then putting me back into it, where I'm so, I'm so engrossed in the game that I thought something outside of it was impacting it. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, worried that my own phone was into my own immersion. God, like, I can't imagine that if you're, like, playing a horror game. Like, you, you're sitting there playing, like, Resident Evil, and then somebody just screams and calls, like, well, I hope that isn't in real life. Fuck. <laughs> 
No, that's not in my house. It's like, oh shit. <sighs> Just leave but, me yeah. standing behind your car. That was one of those ones though, that that got me a couple of times, and that's like that's why that stuff is in there. Mm. It is in there for that reaction. They put that amount of money into it. One, because they've got it. Yeah. And two, you know, if it wasn't in there, you'd expect it to be. Especially now, like, you know, Rockstar have kind of made that their raison d'etre, mm-hmm. where that is their thing. Their thing is just making the game that has, like, the most ridiculous um, uh, uh, minutiae put into everything. I want that, but for, like, Rockstar's table tennis. Rockstar's table tennis needs, like, a 4K remaster. <laughs> no, it needs, like, eight years of development so they can get the texture on the ping pong ball perfect car. I don't know why that game's not still a thing. I'm pissed off that like FIFA continues to be made, but Rockstar Table Tennis is not uh, like an annual series. Like, I, imagine all the bullshit you could put into Rockstar's Table Tennis. I believe Rockstar Table Tennis was intentionally a worn-off tech. It was physics demo. Uh, anything, like, it? It's it the new was physics like a engine tech they got. Preview for their new engine that they used for the facial recognition stuff. I don't even know that's it, facial it's a- recognition, but yeah, it was like. I think it was their entire game engine. They made their entire new game engine and they were like, we're going to test they it was like, the ping pong game. Fuck it. Yeah, make a ping pong game. It's like, oh, I'd love that. But it's like, make more ping pong games. It's like, the I want a foosball game, man. I want like a hyper-realistic air hockey slash foosball game. I, was gonna I say, want all that There's plenty of like air hockey games on like the Nintendo Wii and shit like that. No, I want a super-realistic one and they need to spend an ungodly amount of time on the sound design. So they need to get that clink clank of when the air like, you know, the, uh, the air hockey thing clinks. They yeah. need that to be perfect. That needs to be like someone taking a year off and getting <laughs> the machine in their house and like a high quality mic, getting every conceivable angle mm-hmm. of um, hit. So it sounds like super, super realistic. I, I want, want that shit. The realistic sound effect of like when you get too aggressive, you swipe your hand and hit like your thumb on the oh, side. No. Like, oh, oh, no. Oh, have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, have you ever done the one where you try and like defend your goal and like whack your thumb Slam against your, your own hand goal backwards to try lift to your hand up and then your mate scores on you? Yeah, and you're like, oh god damn it, no, <laughs> fuck's sake! I've had that happen so many times. That, that's true immersion, Carl. And then you need that option to cheat and just slam it down and stop it from going in. <laughs> do you ever, like do you know that thing that people do? No, that's cheating. No, none of that. Oh god. Uh, man, it's one of those things where you mentioned like, I don't think about air hockey very often. But, but when, when you, you see just air mentioned hockey, it now, and I'm like, I haven't been able to play, play air hockey in like three years, Carl. It's like bowling. Yeah. No one really thinks about bowling, but when you go bowling, it's the funniest shit ever. Is that I, I watched, fucking um, love bowling. I watched the Big Lebowski a couple of weeks ago and was just You're like, like oh, I want to go bowling. bowling. I miss bowling. Like bowling so awesome. But right, i tell you what, I'm just going to go take myself a quick bathroom break. Yeah, no problem. You know, yeah. So I, like, oh, for my stream, I guess, um, they're just going to watch me, so do you maybe want to try and keep them entertained while I just for a bathroom break? Because I can't, like, mute my screen or anything. <laughs> we'll be back in a sec. Yeah, apologies for that. Hopefully you'll be able to, like, um, uh, just edit around that in some way. Yeah, it'll be fine, yeah, because I can see, like, the missing bit on your audio. We'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. And there actually was something I wanted to talk about this week, and I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> Do you know that thing? Like, because we got just like I got really into talking about like rock stars, ping pong, and I'm like, God damn it, I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm surprised that hasn't just been like the the no, casual that's mention sorry. of um, everyone being like, bring back bully. So I actually thought bully was one of their weaker games. It wasn't great. Like I went back and played a little bit of like because we it's not even bully over here, is it? It's like Canis Canum edit. Uh, Canis Canum edit, yeah. Uh, doggy dog in yeah. Latin, for anyone who wants to know. 
It's what in Latin? Um, dog eat dog. Dog eat dog. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I thought the game was a bit bland. Like it was fine for the time, but yeah, I don't, I don't understand like the clamoring for Bully to come back. It's just like I would very okay. much respect if Rockstar comes out with another game that they took eight years to develop and it wasn't GTA Six. I'd respect that move so much. It's like it's going to be Grand Theft Auto. You, you're still playing GTA Online. We're still releasing it on the PS5 in like a month or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm going to check see if I can see. Like, do I remember what I was going to talk about? Just going to quickly check my notes, see if I made a note of it because I probably didn't. Yeah, um, like normally I try to remember to like send myself a message of like, oh, remember that there was this article that you read or something. And then a lot of the times I just forget to do that. So I forget to remind yeah. myself about it in the first place. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, I, I can't find it. Oh, fair enough. I was going to talk about. So is there anything like you've seen this week, Lucas? Oh, wait a minute. No, wait. Ooh. Remember what it was? All right, so I, I, I'm going to tell you a story now, Lucas. Oh, story want, time. I want, to, I want to keep this story in mind. Okay. So um, in 1989, um, Mr. John Cleese um, was reading... Um, a copy, so John Cleese, the comedian, and one of the, one of the original Monty Pythons, was reading an article out of the, um, I believe the Daily Mirror, mm-hmm. in which they described him as becoming more and more like his character of Basil Fawlty with each passing year, in reference to the fact he was just being like a humorless, um, uh, just like asshole, mm-hmm. essentially. And Mr. John Cleese, he read that, and he was very upset. He was very upset to be compared to the character of Basil Fawlty. And he sued um, the paper for libel. Um, they, oh, sorry, he complained, and they offered to give him ten thousand pounds and print an apology, which he did not think was good enough. And so instead, he sued them and got several thousand pounds more and an even bigger apology. And during his um, uh, like argument in court for why he deserved that money, he said that whilst it is um, the it is, people are free to say what they want, if they say something that offends somebody, they should take special care. Um, uh, to uh, take account and note of um, that individual's sensibilities and whether or not they're more delicate than others or something to that effect. Mm, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, John Cleese is going to be making a show for Channel 4 um, about cancel culture and why it's bad. Cool. I so, mean, Lucas, thoughts? Like... Because I remember I tweeted about this. If anyone wonder why I tweeted, I tweeted about that as I was checking. Yeah, because I I didn't actually read what you tweeted. I just saw something about John Cleese a few days ago or whatever it was. And I did do the research on this story. But mm. um, the, the quote is not accurate. I'll try now while you do your thing and find the exact quote from John Cleese because it is fucking hilarious given that he's trying to make a TV show. Now he's going to be hitting on about like cancel culture and why it's bad. Carl, maybe, maybe he's learned his lesson, Carl. Maybe he stopped being a giant asshole. Mm-hmm. Is that it? What that was one of the ones that like, um, you know, when it's like never meet heroes kind of thing, or you know, when you like look up. He's, to what, he's like such a piece of shit, yeah. And then you find out like, oh, they're a giant dickhead. Like, because I adored um, like Faulty Towers and Monty Python mm-hmm. growing up, and just learning that any of them are like a massive wanker. It's like, oh god damn it! And I think a couple Eric, of- Eric Idol's still cool. I was going to say, a and couple Mike, of them are all right still. And Michael Palin, I believe it is. Mm. It's just Cleese is a prick. Yeah. And Luke, I have the quote here. So just while you keep in mind, folks at home, that John Cleese is going to be making a show about cancel culture being bad. And like, you know, the idea of um, people getting offended by jokes. I think the premise is 
um, is it possible to make comedy without offending somebody? And the answer is yes. It's a show, what's, it should be five seconds long and it should just have like him asking someone. It's like, yeah. Uh, anyway, here, so. Um, those who use the popular media to make unpleasant personal attacks must, as the saying goes, take their victims as they find them. If they choose to attack someone of particular sensitivity or vulnerability, they must, generally speaking, be ready to take the consequences. And that is John Cleese about him being compared to Basil Fawlty. <laughs> and someone saying that, you know, he's just, he's just being a humorless dickhead. Mm-hmm. And he sued, used that as his defense, and got £11,000 in an apology. You know and what now that really man makes somebody come across as a humorless dickhead? It's suing someone for saying you like Basil Fawlty. It's really doubling down and proof of the point there, John Cleese. But keep in mind, this quote here is a perfect encapsulation. The exact thing he's like trying to discover, like, why are people getting... It's like, if they choose to attack someone of particular sensitive vulnerability, they must be ready to accept the consequence. It's like, yeah, if you make a shit joke at the expense of a minority or, like, you know, a disenfranchised person, be ready to accept the consequence. Oh, people say, that shit is not funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the thing is, I actually agree that's with a this quote statement from, him. from, like... 30 years ago, like, oh, God. Like, that's a quote from him. God. that's. But now he's, like, rallying against it. and Because he can't tell racist jokes anymore. Maybe he can just go make friends with the guy that directed the Joker. Maybe. Like, cause, that was great. Yeah, he, he turned around and stopped making Hangover movies because people can't, like... Take a joke. Take, people can't take Says a joke ma- anymore. And it's like, no, you Says just man who's shit st- movie. <laughs> Says man who stopped making movies because he was criticised. Yeah. It was like he got offended that people thought Hangover 3 was rightly a shit movie. It wasn't funny. No. And then he's like, well, well, people just, you can't make a joke yeah. anymore. I'm out. Yeah. I'm not making comedies. It's like, right. He just yeah. looks over at like um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia getting his like seventh Emmy for outstanding <laughs> comedy program and writing. We're um, just like every single episode is them. Just being the first the episode is the gang gets racist, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And it's what fourteenth season, fifteenth yeah, season, fifteenth now or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Longest running sitcom in more like you know single yeah. running sitcom in the world now, and it's like. But Lucas, is it possible to make a joke? Is it possible to make comedy in this world? In this world, no, it's not. And this is one of those things where I, I know someone's going to complain about this or someone's getting mad. So I need to explain. Like, um, I, I've thought about this, which is why I wanted to mention it, because I, I theor- not theorize, I like workshops and explanation in my head. Mm. So comedy at its core is about subversion of expectations. Mm. Um, it's a setup and then a swerve. Like, there can be more to a joke, but yeah. at its core, that is what a joke is. Mm-hmm. And a good example of that, just like, you know, not not joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Something like, you know, it's a setup, and then you swerve away from it. Not going to lie, and then, I'm really disappointed you didn't have a knock, knock joke ready for me there. Carl. Okay, knock, knock. Who's there? Lettuce. Lettuce who? Lettuce in. It's cold outside. See, I thought you were going to subvert my expectations, because we always tell that joke. <laughs> joke to sync up video just. Well, that's essentially what a joke is. Mm-hmm. And the, the beautiful thing about comedy and jokes is that you can then build upon those expectations. For example... Um, why did why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know, Carl. Why did it to get to the other side? And that's a joke because it's relying on your expectations of a joke saying something 
unexpected. And because I'm saying the thing that you do expect, it's unexpected in that way. So that's a, a joke where you're swerving against the swerve. Yeah, it's like the double bluff, isn't it? Yeah, it's the double And that's the thing, the beautiful thing about comedy, right? And, that's two, and they are two of the most basic jokes to exist. They're the two most basic joke formats. Mm-hmm. And they're the things like, you know, kids learn that. Kids yeah. learn those jokes. And they maybe don't know why it's funny, but it's like, you know, it's building upon that originally. And you can keep going and keep going and keep going. And that's the beautiful thing about comedy. It's constantly evolving, constantly building, is in a constant state of flux and new creation. Yeah, and like, you know, take that simple example of the chicken crossing the road. It's like, now you've set the expectation for the double bluff. So you could go for like the, essentially the, the triple du- The double, d- yeah, you can, yeah. So like, why did a dinosaur cross the road? I don't know, Carl, why did you? Because chickens hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> and that's another swerve that also relies on pre-existing knowledge of the original joke. Mm-hmm. And again, we're building more layers upon this. And that's why comedy is such a beautiful thing. It's why I love it so much. Because comedy is endlessly evolving. And the easiest way to see how much comedy has evolved is to look at memes. And if you think you can look at some memes and they require like several layers of understanding to get the joke be made mm. and you can get some like meme jokes in like that splits. You can look at the image and laugh. And we've all, everyone listening to this has no doubt had the thing of someone showed you a meme, you have burst out laughing and you don't know why you find it funny because it's so stupid. But mm. it, it, and, the, and if you actually broke down that meme, it requires like so many layers of understanding before like, so someone who has no that doesn't have the knowledge you do explaining why that joke is funny is almost impossible. Like if if an alien just came down with complete no knowledge, but they could speak English to you or whatever language, like yeah, like they would have no understanding. Even like you know someone in your friend group who just doesn't have the same interests as you. Yeah, I use the example of Lime Wire Simpsons jokes, which use the context of Simpsons to make jokes about Lime Wire. Okay, and an example of that one of the memes is it's like Millhouse crawling out of Joe the Smelly Fort. Mm. In that one episode, it's like, um, uh, uh, like, there's some .exes in there, and then just home with a line wire face. No, there aren't. And that requires you to, one, have watched The Simpsons, yeah, understand the reference to that scene, have used LimeWire, know what that's a reference. Like, that's, the thing, like, that's five different things already. Mm. And then understanding the basic format of a meme. Yeah, yeah. And then you move back to, like, you know, just really, like, uh, like you know, racist jokes. Jokes that rely on stereotypical humor. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the swerve there, Lucas? There, there isn't one. There's no swerve because we know what the punchline is. Yeah. And that's the thing. When comedians, like, they say they can't make these jokes without offending people, it's like, most of the time, I'd argue, 90% of people, they're not offended by it. They just don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. Because you're not telling us a funny joke. You're not telling a joke. You're just being offensive a joke, to be offensive. Yeah, a joke is supposed to be surprising. And if you're just relying on a, a, t- a tired stereotype that we all are aware of, where's the joke? Yeah. And I don't get why, like, professional comedians who do this, they don't understand that. I'm like, you know, I'm not a comedian. I'm not even funny. And I know this. <laughs> and I studied this extensively because it fascinates me. Yeah, and like... And kids get this. Kids understand that jokes aren't funny if you know the punchline. Mm. Like, how many times have you told a joke to someone they just say the punchline out loud? And they don't laugh because they know the joke. And you extrapolate that to like a comedian on stage, um, like telling jokes about like, you know trans people or what have you. Like when Ricky Gervais was making attack helicopter jokes oh, God. on stage about trans people, it's like, so what's your unique observation here? Millionaire comedian paid to make these jokes. Mm-hmm. The same one we've seen repeated online ad nauseum for like, you know, five years. You're the comedian, make a funny joke, it's make like, an original observation. You just took an old offensive joke from the internet 
and reworded it. it. Yeah. And it's like cool and like I I think I've mentioned it before on like streams or podcasts or wherever mm-hmm. we make content of just like whenever someone tells like those awful racist, sexist, homophobic jokes or whatever it is, ask them why they find it funny. Yeah, ask them what the joke is. Like just say like, "Oh, uh like I don't get it." Like just it's like yeah, it's like blonde jokes. Like, imagine if a comedian went on stage and started saying blonde jokes or Englishman, Irishman, and Scotsman jokes. I forgot blonde jokes were even a thing. It's been yeah. that long since I've heard one. Like, forgot like, they existed. But imagine you went to see a comedian and he went on stage and he said, okay, an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman walk into a bar. You'd be like, unless this is yeah. an incredible swerve away from what this is, the joke is that the Irishman's stupid. We know that. We are all aware of this. Why are you not making a new joke? It's like, oh, the Englishman's probably a prick, the Irishman's stupid, the Scotsman is probably angry. It's like, yeah. why are you using these horrible, tired stereotypes? Because the, the again, the stereotype, and even if you like approach it from the perspective of like you're not offended because it's saying Irish people are stupid, even though you probably should be because you know, it's a harmful stereotype. Mm. But let's just say you want to approach it like it's not funny because I know the punchline. We've all heard that joke. Tell me something. I'm paying you money to entertain me with new jokes. And that's the thing is like, make a new joke. You know, if you if you opened up with that punchline, like um, with that setup, like a better punchline at this point in time would just be like they all had a pint. Again, no, the subversion, like, isn't it? Subversion of expectations, yeah. And that's what you can do. It's like Englishman, Irishman, and Scotsman walk into a bar. Barman says, is this some kind of joke? Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing. You can do like inversions of that. And then like some yeah. comedians have done that. And I've seen comedians do it in the past. Mm-hmm. I've seen comedians like tell old bad jokes, but then you subvert the punchline. Like, you make it to an anti-joke. Yeah. And at the same time, sometimes they'll tell, like, if the comedian's known for that, sometimes they'll tell the actual joke with the punchline. Like Peter Kay does that a lot. Like Peter Kay often opens his show with like old jokes that everybody knows, mm. but then he'll like usually throw in one right towards the end where it's like one he wrote that's actually like you know somewhat clever, oh, okay. and it's not one people have heard before, and then that's when it throws people off because he does the audience recall thing. If he sells the joke, the audience says the punchline, right, and then yeah. he'll tell a joke where the audience doesn't know the punchline, and that's the joke. Mm-hmm. It's a meta, it's a meta commentary on the idea of comedy like building over time and being like you know a communal thing, and that's probably why like a lot of comedy has gotten so meta. Because like well, yeah, because especially it's the next step with the creation of like um, the internet, where everybody's like content is more readily accessible, and like you know, um, like it's a lot easier to find every joke that's been made in the past twenty years now than it was forty years ago. But that's yeah. the thing. you can take like old jokes and then like you know reinvent them or like, you know remix them, and then just like no, that's the whole point. It's like it's remix culture. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand how like professional comedians don't see it's like sh- like the whole point is to keep making the new thing, yeah. Just make the new thing, and I and I, it's baffling that it's even a conversation that people have to have of like, oh, you can't tell jokes. Like, well, you shouldn't be telling the same joke anyway. Yeah, it's, it's your like, fucking job to write new stuff. Why are you annoyed? If you, want, you can't tell the same joke for your entire life. If you want to coast off the same thing, start a band. <laughs> And even then, people if a band just plays the same song over and over again, people can get picked, like people like play something different at the very least. Yeah, yeah. And it's like there's like a meta joke about that from um, I think it's Michael McIntyre. Okay. Where he's talked about like I've been at shows before, and people ask me to tell old jokes. Like Joe, he does Q and A at the end, right. and he said he did one once where he tells a joke about waiting for a bus, hmm. where he like basically became a human bus, and it's like it's not important to know the joke, but like he was at a show, um, a guy asked him in a question, oh. Uh, you have a, a joke about waiting for a bus, right? And he goes, yes. Goes, Can you tell that joke? 
and Michael McIntyre's like meta commentary about this joke. He's like, well, he's explaining to the guy, uh, well, if if you know the joke and you like the joke, remember me telling the joke, <laughs> and then you'll have the joke. Anyways, anyone got any more questions? The guy raised his hand again, and Michael McIntyre's like, uh, 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 okay. Uh, any questions? Well, have you ever been waiting for a bus and then it didn't turn up? And he's like, oh, and he's like, you know, he turned that into its, like, you know, its own thing. That's the, a, a good comedian is able to do that. They're able to even turn some, a, a, a interaction that mundane into a joke. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, you know, a conversation he had whilst telling a joke. And that's a joke <laughs> about not wanting to tell another joke again. And he got to reuse the same joke. But he was like, but then you've got comedians saying, why can't I just make fun of trans people? Like, you can. Do it in an interesting way. Do it in a way where people don't know the punchline. And Well, I I mean, I would argue just don't do it. But that's the thing. But, if you're going to do it, do it, in inter- do it in a way where we don't know the punchline. But, and that's the thing. I've not really seen any comedian do that where I don't know what they're going to say. They're just going to, you know, say the same tired, trot out the same tired talking points that I've heard a dozen times already. Hmm, yeah. Are you going to say anything new or interesting? It's like the idea of comedy is to like, you know, like provoke thought. It's like, you know, poker ideas. But no, Carl, I just want to tell like the same racist jokes that I told 50 years ago. Yeah. That cool? And that's just like my take. And I hope that I was um, at least somewhat, um, uh, what's the word now, um, uh, loquacious while explaining it. I hope people understood what I was trying to say mm-hmm. and the point I was making. Because it is something that I've seen talked about a lot, but I've never seen anyone break down. Just why they're... People have to say like, they're not funny, but they don't break down why they're not funny. So mm. I wanted to do that. That's fair, yeah. And it's Because that's... You've probably seen that a lot of me. It's like, oh, they, they can't tell... It's not that the people don't like the jokes. It's not that um, people are offended by it. It's like, it's just not funny. Yeah. But then no one ever says why they're not funny. Mm-hmm. So I thought about that prior to this podcast <laughs> for a very long time while I was jogging to try and get that explanation in my head and the examples that I had. And you know what, Lucas? To end on... Okay. Have you got any bad jokes... Um, Do you have any bad jokes? I have a go-to bad joke. Go on, tell me your go-to bad joke. Um, what do you call it when Batman leaves church early? I don't know. What do you call it when Batman leaves church early? Christian Bale. That's not bad. <laughs> what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. Oh, you know that one. Okay, what do you call a deer with no eyes and no legs? Forgotten that one. Well, still no idea. Oh, yeah, that was. What do you call a deer with no eyes, no legs, chewing on a razor blade? Still no bloody idea. <laughs> what do you call a man who can swim without the use of his arms or legs? A fish. Clever dick. Ah. What do you call a man who can swim without the use of his arms, legs, or his penis? Don't know. Smart ass. What do you call a man with a shovel in his head? Doug. What do you call a man without a shovel in his head? Douglas. What do you call a man with paper pants? Russell. The thing is, I've heard all of these jokes and I'm like, that but far that, away from knowing the punchline. Yeah. And that's why you got that part of comedy is like, try to get people before they do it. It's like, oh yeah. It's like a... Uh, I love them. I love them so much. So have you have you heard the book um, uh, How to Train Tigers by Claude Balls? <laughs> right. What about the other one? Um, My Life 
as a Russian with three testicles by Hujanika Malikov. God damn it. Right, I love them. I love them all. That's the thing. I love... I've got, and I have hundreds of bad jokes lots and loaded in my head. Because that's it. Even if you tell a bad joke, you tell enough of them. And that's the subversion. The subversion is like that you... I have like 20 of these locked and ready to go. And you're going to laugh at one of them because I guarantee that when I tell that entire spiel, there's going to be one that people haven't heard. Well, that's like Tim Vine in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah. Just you might have heard the punchline to a couple, not all of them. Fast fire, real bad jokes just as quickly as possible for like an hour. Yeah. And by the time I believe... you like don't find one funny, he's already told another one that you do find funny. Yeah. And I, and I adore that like me- like that line of jokes. I like. Mm-hmm. like just I love one line of jokes. Yeah. So many. So I, I respect um uh, Jimmy Carr so much. Because he's re- he's written what I believe is the world's shortest joke, which is two words. Venison's dear. That's not bad. It's not bad, yeah. Two word joke. Two word joke. Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway, Lucas, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh yeah, I mean, I guess like if you're watching live now, uh Carl's gonna play some Hades and then I'm gonna play over on my Twitch, like Legend of Canto. I'm gonna mm-hmm. play playing Destiny, as I mentioned. Destiny yeah. two specifically. Um and then yeah, you can just check me out on YouTube, Twitch, doing gaming stuff at Legend of Canto. Yeah, and uh, for me, just Google my name. You'll find you'll find something that I've been involved with, no doubt. And also, send any questions you've got for QA episodes. Oh yeah, shit. We keep forgetting to mention that, but yeah, send questions you've got for when we do QA episodes to Carl's Corner QA at gmail Gmail dot com. And if like you're listening to this on a podcast service, the link should be in the description anyway. Yeah, we'll have to. Is there enough um, for us to do one of them soon? Uh, I will have to double check. Have a look. See, maybe we can do it Friday. Yeah, no worries. We're gonna do that, and then yeah, perfect.